This is Real Estate Rookie Show number 73. You trust each other to make those decisions, right? Like I mentioned earlier about staying in your lane. Like I don't really tell her how to design the properties, right? But she doesn't tell me how to go out and find the properties or underwrite them, right? So I think having those duties and responsibilities helps relieve some of that potential friction. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And today is going to be very different because Tony and I are actually sitting at the Bigger Pockets headquarters recording this right now. This is crazy. Like, we've been recording for, what, like four months now? We've never met in person. Our first episode actually in the same space. I'm super excited. And then it gets even better. We brought our business partners with us to bring them on to the episode, and we're going to talk all about partnerships. What does a rookie need to know to get a partner, how to structure your partnership and all the ins and outs? So who better to ask than our own partners? (laughs) So I guess let's bring up our partners, right? So uh, I guess I'll introduce mine, which is my lovely wife. Why don't you introduce yourself to the Bigger Pockets audience? Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the show and obviously my husband and Ashley. So um, my name's Sarah, officially Sarah Robinson. So yeah, I'm his partner and his wife and the one that gets things done. So that's me. <laughs> All right. Ashley, who'd you yeah, bring on so the show? I have Joe Krieger with me and we oh. started investing... <laughs> How long? Four years ago, four, maybe? Three or four years ago. And we probably have known each other six years, maybe. But Joe owns a couple of businesses and some rental properties on his own. And then we have a bunch of properties together. He has all of the, the construction, the rehab side of things. And then I also am the one that gets stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> So Ash, like people always talk about like the potential benefits or downsides of investing with a partner. Uh, But I think you and I are prime examples that there is a way to do it the right way. So in addition to my wife, Sarah, we have a third partner who's Sarah's cousin, and he's kind of the third leg of our tripod to manage our, our investments. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com slash BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. Uh, kind of start from the beginning for a rookie investor that maybe wants a partner is considering it. What are some of the things that they should think about before they decide if they need a partner? I think the, the first thing is you want to identify what your particular strengths are. 
right? Like I know the things that I'm uniquely skilled to do. And I know the things that I'm not really good at or that I have no desire to be good at. So for me, it was really about trying to find a partner that complemented my skill set. And for us in the Airbnb space, where the majority of our investments are held now, uh, Sarah, my wife, and then our third partner, her cousin, uh, they do a great job of handling all the parts of the business that I suck at. Yeah, that he really sucks at. <laughs> so, like uh, communicating with our guests. He, he's, he's just so busy on his phone all the time that he's he will easily miss a message, which is, you know, will in turn affect our reviews. So um, that's me. I'm the guest relation. I call myself the guest relations manager. So, yeah. Joe, you have uh, a couple partnerships with your dad, with me. What's something that you see in a partner? That I look for? Yeah. Just someone who has, whose strengths are my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of the hands-on type person and you are the bookkeeping, the phone calls, getting, you know, talking to the bank or the utility companies to get things going. So basically the back end stuff. Yes. And then Joe so, does the physical labor. <laughs> yeah. But Joe, did you recognize that? And actually early on that she was someone who complimented you or how did you make that connection? Absolutely. Um, I failed miserably at the beginning at communicating <laughs> and I would let things slip through the cracks and she would catch them. And, you know, as time went on, she, she realized that too and she caught it right away and she just said joe i will take care of this you just take care of all that everything hands up whose idea was this podcast i'm loving all the compliments (laughs) (laughs) but really when joe actually we i started buying a property in south buffalo and then joe brought bought one like a month later and so that was like we kind of analyzed those deals together and that's what kind of got our head spinning like maybe we should partner on some properties, we, you know, we're very like-minded in a sense where we know where real estate investing can take us. And we have like the same alignment, the same goals as to what we want real estate to do for us. So I think that was a a big impact too. So finding someone like that. So I want to obviously talk about how you guys actually connected with each other, because I think that's a big question that new investors have. But before we do, I I just want to finish up the conversation on like identifying your skill sets and what your strengths are. Like, Ashley, did you, were you actively looking for someone to like fill in your weaknesses or were, you know, were you just like oblivious? Like, like, was it a pain point for you? Well, not really. At first, um, we just, I wanted someone to talk real estate with, like, I don't think at that point, Maybe Joe had signed up for bigger pockets, but no, no, we weren't active members of it. I've been a member longer than you have. So for me, it was like I found a friend that loves real estate investing too. Like this is someone I could talk to, and so that was like the biggest thing for me because even our first property we did nothing we put a new fridge in it so it wasn't like we needed the rehab. But then he did the maintenance for a while on the property. Got it. So how did you guys actually connect with each other? Right? I think that's the biggest question that rookie investors have. Like, she's my wife. So that was, it was pretty easy for us to become partners. But for you two that weren't, you know, didn't really have a substantial connection before, how did you connect? Uh, I was working for his wife's dad. And so his wife wanted to learn about it and he was already investing. So um, they weren't married at the time, but we, they would come into my office and want to learn about property management and I would teach them and stuff. And then we just got to know each other through that. Properties together and we'd go look at them and I would be the one to more look at the structural end of things. And I would run the numbers, analyze it. I'd look at the roof, the basement, the floor joists, make sure everything was intact and it didn't need a a bit a major repair and then she would run all the numbers yeah. whose idea was it to partner up first was it yours ashley was it yours joe i don't know i've found all of our deals so probably mine <laughs> and so, i do i never let him forget that either <laughs> well what did that look like right so when you found that first deal we were like oh, i think this one might be a good one for me and joe like did you like just shoot him a text and say let's go look at it like i don't even remember really like i remember my first partner how we did it but for me and you i think we just were talking real estate constantly like we never talked about anything else and we didn't even know if any either of us had any other hobbies <laughs> we just said hey do you have money you can put in <laughs> yeah. So I want to share. So like, obviously we have a third partner, like I said, and the way that we uh, did our first deal with him, it was through uh, a bigger pockets calculator report. So I'd had a deal. 
my first deal was under contract. But before putting that deal under contract, I had submitted a deal on another property probably like two months before, but I'd never heard back from the seller. So, you know, I forgot about it. You submit the offer, you don't think about it. Um, you know, in the middle of my rehab on my first property, and then like two or probably like a month into that rehab, I get a note back from the agent saying that that first offer that I put in a couple months ago was accepted. So I'm like freaking out, like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? I can't do two properties at once. So I, I had already run it through the calculator. I emailed it to her cousin. I said, hey, you know, we've kind of talked about investing. Like, would you be open to it? And this was like a like 12 o'clock at night. And he replied at like 12.05. And he was like, I'm in. And that's how we kind of got started as well. So the, the calculators are big to, to help find that partnership. Sarah, what about you? When did you come on board and become a partner? Yeah, I was going to chime in, babe. You know, he said, oh, I'm his wife. So that automatically makes me your partner. Ew, no, I was not interested in real estate at all when he was doing those uh, what long-term, are they? Rentals. long-term rentals. I had no interest. So those of you guys listening, if you are trying to get your husband or wife on board, don't automatically assume, assume they are on board because it might not be interesting for them. Like it wasn't for me until Tony decided to go into the short-term rental space, which I'm, uh, you know, kind of aware of just because we've stayed and traveled places that have Airbnb. So that kind of piqued my interest and that's when I got involved. So, but even for you, babe, like what was it about short-term rentals that made it more interesting than long-term rentals? I think just because it, it, it's up to us to create this um, like hotel experience for people. And I come from a background of like special events, marketing, promotion. So that's my specialty, creating these uh, experiences for people. So I just felt like, oh my gosh, this is my thing. I know how to do it. I'm good with people. So I felt like I could actually add value to the team. So that made me excited. And I guess for for the, because we get this question all the time, right, Ashley, about like, how do I get my spouse on board? And if you can find a way to uh, connect their interest with the real estate investing, like that's a huge way because you were all in once you kind of found that piece that you really enjoyed. Yeah. And if you feel like you can actually provide value, I feel like I didn't want to just do, you know, help decorate because you suck at it. You know, I want to feel like I can actually decorate it so freaking cute that it's going to be booked 24 seven, you know? So I think a combination of the both. Um, so Ashley, what about you guys? So I know you've got this thing that you call it like your, your partner presentation. And I think that's helped you get some partners in the past. Like walk us through what that is. Yeah. So a partner presentation is basically a binder where you go and put in all of your financial information possible. Bank statements on yourself. You put in your tax returns. You put in your credit karma report. You put in your personal financial statement. And then also include any deals that you have done. So include the Bigger Pockets calculator reports. I remember our very first deal. That's what we did. We used the Bigger Pockets calculator report and we took it to a loan officer and showed it to him and he was pretty impressed. <laughs> but then that include photos of the property or even if you don't have deals that you haven't done and this is your first one, include some deals that you've analyzed and things you want to go after. And so I've done that when I've presented to, to other partners or to private money lenders. I've put together a little packet so that they can see a little bit about me. I want them to trust me and know that I can manage my own money before I'm going to manage our money as a, you know, being business partners. Joe, I guess a question for you. Had you partnered with anyone else before partnering with Ashley in real estate? No, not in real estate. No. Except your dad in the Arizona Oh, yeah, house. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. But your dad, you know, he's your dad. Right? He's basically a silent partner, you know, okay. to get the funds going for me, uh, which worked out well. I took care of everything, and he just took a monthly cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he was happy with it, so he, he was glad to help me out and get my snowball rolling with the real estate. So. Now, have you ever had maybe a partnership either uh, in real estate or in your other business ventures that didn't work out how you wanted it to? No, no, nothing has never worked out. Nothing major anyways. You know, we, we've always worked things out and things have gone smoothly. So. And we've never really had an issue. Like we know what we're bad at. So like we call each other out constantly on those things. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's just like to us, it's like, and like, if I call him out on something, he's just like, yeah, I know. I, I'm not good at follow-up and I will be like, I know, but I just want to be yell at you. And then we move on. Like there's, you guys sound like us. Yeah. <laughs> 
What about your other real estate deals, Ashley? Like I know you've partnered with other folks outside of Joe as well. Like have all of those deals gone smoothly or do you have any negative experiences that you can share? So with my first partner, I go like back and forth, like, okay, do I keep investing with him or do I not? And like, it really depends on the day, I guess. But I would say that partnership isn't as solid as mine and Joe's just because I do everything for that partnership and that person's more the money. So what I really like about mine is Joe's is that it's not just my input, it's getting both of ours. And like, I really value Joe's opinion and his experience when we're looking at deals and when we problems come up, like it's really nice to have someone else to bounce ideas off and to do this crazy real estate journey together and yeah. build an empire. So I just, I just want to share a quick story about like when you shouldn't partner with somebody, right? Because entering into a partnership, especially with real estate, when you're spending several hundred thousand dollars, like that's a big investment to make with someone. Um, so like we had someone that wanted to partner with us on buying a short-term rental and, you know, he was going to be a big capital partner for us. Um, but you know, we have very specific ways we partner with people. Like we know how we want to structure the deal. We know what roles and responsibilities that we want to have. And he was trying to really kind of change and not really go along with what we wanted. And we had to kind of take a long pause and think like, okay, is this someone that we really want to partner with? Even if they have the capital, like if they don't align with what our goals are or what we want from a partner, then maybe they're not the right fit for us. So you have to have the courage, I think, to understand who's not a good fit for you as well. I think that's a a great point because there's always going to be other partners. Like you don't have to just that first person with money that comes to the table. You don't have to partner with them. And I mean, your partnership is like being married. Like you're financially tied to that person. You guys are liable together for those properties. So I think that definitely take your time and and vet your partner and, you know, run a background check, a a credit check. I did that on you. I don't know why you're my partner. No, but like we've always been so open with each other about like our financials. Like I just switched all of his, um, like some of his retirement, retirement accounts into like Vanguard because I wanted him to be investing in that. And we like talked about it. He's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And giving his login info and like. I, I trust her completely, Alan. Yeah. All my tax information. Here you go. Do whatever, whatever yeah. you want with it. And you have to have that transfer. So I've opened a bunch of credit cards and the same What about goals? Right? I feel like goals are pretty important too when you have a partnership. And I think Sarah and I benefit because, you know, we're married. So we talk about our life goals a lot. Yeah. Right? I mean, when, right? Wouldn't you say like we're yeah, pretty. Yeah, Tony's like the goal talking. Like all he wants to talk about is goals. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> but it's important because I feel like even in the business sense, like, you know, we've been having a lot of discussions lately about like how big do we want our business yeah, to totally. get. And we have to be aligned as, uh, as a partnership to make sure, because if I want to be, you know, at a thousand units and she only wants to be at a hundred, like, then there's going to be a disconnect there. So. Yeah. Like we're thinking about babies. We're like, okay, we need a plan for that. <laughs> What's our goal, you know? So how do you guys handle as a partnership, like aligning on what, what your goals are? Well, we just started actually doing monthly meetings with our like supervisor who's kind of overseeing most of our businesses and rental properties. And then with our bookkeeper, so that's, that's been interesting to start to that. But I mean, we pretty much talk every day about real estate, so, as I'm sure you guys do too. So it's, it's kind of like an ongoing thing. Like, Hey, I learned about this, doing this strategy, or, you know, this is how we could change an offer. And it's, it's pretty much an ongoing basis for us. Do you guys do alignment meetings or goal meetings? Like, okay, we're going out to dinner and we're just going to talk about our goals or anything like that. Uh, same, like you said, I feel like we talk about real estate so much that I get really excited when we don't talk about it. <laughs> no offense. I love what we do. It's super exciting, but you know, like, can we just turn it off for a second, you know, and just pretend we're married again? <laughs> so that's interesting. So like that you're bringing your work home because you both do this from home. So how, how do you kind of balance that out? Are there times where you say like, okay, we're going away for the weekend, no business talk, like anything like that? Yeah. I think it's more so me that likes to shut it off. You know, I think Tony is just so fully interested and invested in real estate. So just, he he enjoys it more than I do. So, but he's a good sport. And when I snap at him about being too annoying about real estate, he's good about taking a step back and just unplugging a little Mm -hmm. bit. 
And I think it's important for me to write because a lot of the reasons why people want to invest in real estate is because they want financial freedom, right? Yeah. And they want the freedom of time. But you can very quickly and easily turn real estate into a full-time job for you if you allow it to be. So, you know, a, a big focus for me is that as we continue to build our business is that we build it in a way that allows us to maintain that freedom of time. Joe, I want you to kind of tell like our story just over like the past year of how that has completely shifted for us, like with our property, <laughs> starting well, with the since the you've fourplex. become a celebrity, uh, <laughs> she shows up at the job site. Uh, you got to roll out the red carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a limo dropper off. Sometimes she's kind enough to bring us lunch. Yeah, he he would nice. be so annoyed last winter when I would like it's do Instagram videos or whatever. He's like, don't put me in those. Um, but just like how we last, like we spent all last winter rehabbing and how that's changed for you. Yeah, we've come a long way and I've always been one to put sweat equity. I like to work with my hands. I love to work. I work every day, all day. That doesn't bother me. But the more we get involved into things and spread ourselves out, it's nicer to not have to do that. We've been hiring things out lately and just, all right, we have to go to Lowe's to get some material, but that's about it. That's, that's like all we do right secure. now for our current yeah. rehab. And, and that's just because like, there's no close like Lowe's or Home Depot near the property. So like we would rather take our time to go and deliver the materials than pay our contractor to leave the site, go get it and come back. Yeah. And, and yeah, um, it's more costly, but it does give you more freedom to delegate other people. Yeah, to, to get it up. So it's been like really different for us. And part of the, like, we plan to do this rehab, like all of ourselves, we bought it in June. And so we did like pretty good for a couple months. And then we knew this was coming, but Joe decided to build his own house. And so we halted our project so he could start. And then it was probably about two more months till we finally got our full-time contractor in there and work started up again and we're almost done. But that was like an important part of like finding a good partner and having a good relationship because we like, we stopped our project so he could do what he wanted. Like, yes, I gave him a hard time about it. Like constantly, (laughs) but like, you know, we're still partners and like, whatever. I knew there was a chance that that was going to happen. Like, it's not like he woke up one day. I was like, I'm going to build a house. But, um, yeah, so I think like having a partner where you can be flexible around your partner uh, and make sure that you know you're that you're okay if for some reason they can't commit to something or anything like that. But you also wanna. I mean, he was I think more upset than me that like he w- had to start his house and like couldn't finish the other house. I mean, you were. I, I put myself so bad. under a lot of pressure, yeah. but. Uh, we have positive attitudes and knew that it would all work out in the end. And yeah. so far it's going. I mean, and that's a big, big benefit of having a partner, right? Is that um, you have someone that you can trust, someone that you can lean on, someone that can step up for you if your life gets yeah. a little bit busy. And just really like a sounding board. Like, you know, obviously Sarah's still kind of learning all of the, I think, the technical side of real estate investing. But I still bounce so many ideas off of her in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, what should we do in this situation? Like, yeah. you know, should I partner with this person? Yeah. You know, should we go after this deal? And to have someone who's just another like set of eyes to kind of go over these questions and concerns yeah. is like so beneficial. How do you guys do your partnership structure? So there's three of you in your partnership and how are those, you know, duties, responsibilities kind of divvied up? Um, so I would say Tony is like, I, I categorize him as our IT guy. So he's, you know, the brains behind setting up or choosing to, uh, what is it called? What's the fancy words you real estate people say? Acquisition? Yeah, acquisitions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> acquisition. So he picks the house, the loan stuff, all the boring stuff, you know? And then my cousin Omid, he is the one that really sets up the property. So like setting up utilities, hiring the handyman, delivering all the orders to, you know, we, we set up a lot of our properties remotely. So he pretty much handles all of those duties. And I'm the one that publishes the listing on Airbnb, hires the photographer and coordinates the cleaners and all of that stuff. And, and then from then on, I'm kind of the one that carries out the property for the rest of the time. So I would say Tony is the one that picks the properties. Omid is the one that gets it started. And I'm the one that manages it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a fair <laughs> assessment. Right. And I do a lot of the like communication with our partners, right? Like, as we like that, that's a lot of work in and of itself. Um, and you know, they allow me to do that and focus on kind of being the face of our brand. 
he's also a celebrity now. So, <laughs> so did you guys know, like right away when you went into this partnership, that that was going to be how your roles were? We, you know? we, knew, we knew early on that we wanted Sarah to be the person. They to... like scouted me, you know. <laughs> Tony <laughs> kept encouraging me to quit my job, and I was like, okay, this must be going really well. <laughs> and then they laid it on me, like, okay, we think you need to do this for us, and yeah. you will really help our business in that way. And mm-hmm. I was on board because, again, I I thought I could bring value and I knew I would be good at it. Yeah, but I, I think early on we knew that we wanted her to be like the person communicating with the guests. But like all the other pieces, like it was super messy when we did our first one. Like, <laughs> yeah. like we were like double doing work. Things were getting we forgotten. We like all set up electric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like so many things like that happened. But, you know, now we've set up so many of these that we've got it like pretty dialed in to where everyone knows what their specific duties and responsibilities are. They all know what they're accountable for. And it's really like a, a smooth process. Now. No, Tony already, I mean, you also did what an org chart for us yeah. and that was helpful, you yeah. know, so, just so we were very clear on what our duties were and expectations. And we don't have to constantly text each other saying, Hey, did you schedule, you know, electric to come today? You know, we, we yeah. already know who's job that is. You right. know? So I, I just want to pause on that because I feel like it's been really helpful for us if we, as we've grown. Um, so I pulled this from the E-Myth by, by Michael Gerber. If you guys haven't read that book, it's called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And in that book, one of the things that he suggests is that you put together an org chart for your business. No matter how big it is, no matter how many employees you have, there's certain roles that need to be played within your business. So I, I spent some time to do that. We've got like three different uh, parts of our business. We have operations, we have finance, we have marketing. And within those, there's a bunch of different positions in there. Now, all of those positions either say my name, Sarah's name, or our third partner's name, right? Like we all hold many different hats. But as our business continues to scale, we know that we're going to start plugging people in. So we just hired our first virtual assistant. Uh, They're going to be working in the finance department, doing some basic bookkeeping. Um, You know, as we continue to scale, we'll plug people in. But we wrote up job descriptions and, you know, rules and responsibilities for each one of those. And that's helped us kind of manage all of the different things that need to be done. I love that. I love doing the org chart and really defining what everybody's responsibility is because it can, especially as you grow, it can be like things can get lost or like, okay, you were supposed to do that. Well, I don't remember you telling me that. Okay. Well, look, here it is in your job description. It can just like having a really good operating agreement between you and your partners. It can save a lot of trouble down the road, laying everything out on paper, you know, from the very beginning. We also use uh, Rike. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's a property management software. And we have like everything we need to get set up or to get a property set up is inside of that software. And we assign tasks to people and we can communicate in there. So it's another way that we kind of manage duties and responsibilities. She's smiling because she's not too good at checking. I hate it. (laughs) That's like Joe on Asana. We used Asana for that. And I'd be like, okay, Joe, look at your phone. You have like 30 notifications. I'm like, God damn it. Tony assigned me to something else. Yeah. We have a, now that we have a contractor, we don't use it, but um, I feel like it's so funny because we like my property management, the leasing is very defined. Like, and, but, and then he was the maintenance and, you know, would look at the properties, you know, like, okay, this is what we would need to do if we buy it. So I think one thing that was really nice about us, like we had our defined roles, but I mean, that didn't mean like he never showed a property or he never had to collect rent or anything like that. Like we've been very good at like taking over each other's responsibility if we need to. We, whatever needed to be done, we would do it. If I had to do something that she is normally used to doing, that's fine. If if it needed to be done, we would do it. So. And then even now, like now that we really aren't doing a lot for our business because we've outsourced a lot of it, I feel like it's even more now, like the contractor calls us, like whoever he calls, it'll be random. Like today he called Joe, the other day he called me and we can't do it. Then we just text the other, like, Hey, you're going to be going out that way. Can you do this? Or what's your decision on? So now it's like really just, we talk about it quickly through text and then make a decision. So what about operating agreements? You mentioned that, 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 you know, you guys have that for your partnership. What does that look like? What is the purpose of it? And should we all have it for our partnerships? Yeah. So we have an LLC together. So do you want to kind of talk about why we just said that? Actually, yeah, we have two LLCs and one corporation. Do you want to talk about like why we did that? You can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that wanted it. But so basically an LLC just provides you some, you know, liability protection. And the reason I like it for a partner 
is because then you and your partner are in that LLC. So if something were to happen, like your suit or whatever, they can't go through each of your other personal assets. So for, especially with a partnership, if the, the partner does something and makes your LLC liable, like that doesn't mean they can come and take your home then. Where if you and your partner own a property in your names, you both are personally liable for that property. So I really like to recommend in a partnership having an LLC. So uh, we created a couple LLCs um, and we basically just did it off of um ownership interest. So we are 50-50 on our first property. Um, and then we have, I think maybe three properties in that LLC. And then we have two properties in another one where I'm 60% ownership and he's 40% ownership just because I'm way cooler. (laughs) But that's like the great thing too about us is like for that property, I found it, I actually acquired it. And then I approached him to be my partner and I put in all the cash and then he was going to do the rehab. And it was kind of like, I was putting more into this deal initially. And I feel like that wasn't fair. Like he probably ended up doing more instead of equity, but like we were open to changing and to, you know, making our partnership different. And that was just creating another LLC. But for our operating agreement, we got it from our attorney and we just kind of plugged some things in, um, that we personally wanted to have in there and just changed it to how we wanted uh, but we never have to really like refer to it at all. Like, oh, Joe, in the operating agreement, it says you can only take fifty percent of the cash flow out of the business. Like, Ours works out well because it states that she does ninety percent of the work, and I receive ninety percent of the profits. So it works out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about for you guys for your operating agreement? So, do you have life insurance policies on each other? No, we don't. No, that's like a little ninja trick that we got to look into. But no, we, we set up an LLC, but. Um, the majority of our properties actually uh, are held how you told us not to, right? So we're doing like vacation homes, so you can't buy them in an LLC. Um, so right now it's either in my name or his name or like in his wife's name, but we still have the LLC like operating agreement that oversees all of that. I think the difference is though, it's just in one of your names. It's Correct. not like both of you on the property right. together. So I think that does make a big difference. Okay. Awesome. But yeah, that's how we set it up. With the, the the insurance, though, so I highly recommend this to anyone who's doing a, a partnership is get life insurance on your partner. And uh, so what you do is you actually have the LLC, get the policy. And so we'll use Sarah and Tony as an example. So they're married, but pretend they're not married for this scenario. And Sarah passes away. So her husband, Ken, doesn't want to be partners with Tony. So Tony has the life insurance policy on Sarah and that he takes the proceeds from that to buy out Sarah's husband, Ken. So Ken is happy. He has a big amount of cash that Sarah worked hard for being a partner in this LLC and Tony and Ken don't have to be partners. And then Tony gets to be 100% owner of the LLC and he didn't have to, you know, come up with, oh my gosh, how am I going to get $100,000 to buy Sarah's husband out of this partnership? It comes from the life insurance program. Seeds. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so like that might be a good for Omid for your third partner for you guys to get it on him and, and vice versa. I want to watch out, Joe. She might, she might be plotting something. <laughs> she knows my signature, my social security number. I'll be dead no. <laughs> and all that was so confusing to me, you guys. I was just smiling and nodding, but I hope the listeners got that because I'm sitting here like, whoa, that was fancy for me. This is great that you're saying that. Sorry, I'm sitting here just like nodding at Ashley. Before we begin, I just want to point out to you, right? Like that's the value of having a partnership, right? Is that she does she doesn't need to know or be yeah. an expert in those parts of the business because I handle that part. Omid, our third partner, handles that part. Like that's the value of being in a partnership is that you can be totally, you know, I well, wouldn't recommend this, but you could be totally <laughs> yeah. oblivious to certain parts of the business, but you know that someone else is holding it down for you. So. That you trust. And, that you trust, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Like there, we are the same. Like there's some things that there's no point in recreating the wheel. Like mm-hmm. there is no, like, okay, I learned how to install vinyl plank flooring, but there are some things like he does concrete, like for a living in the summer, does concrete jobs. And it's like, I would never say like, okay, I need to learn this skill because we might want to pour concrete patio at one of our properties. Like 
teach me from start to finish. Like (laughs) there is no need for me to know that. And just like with him, like bookkeeping, like there is no need for him to know how to enter a bookkeeping entry. Yeah. If, if you try to help me with concrete, you'll just get in the way (laughs) with me trying to help with bookkeeping. Just I'm better off staying right. That's so true. That's so true. Like, like, so insurance, like I don't handle any of the insurance on our, on our properties. Like Omid, our partner, he works in insurance for his day job. He handles all that stuff. Right. Like I have, you asked me what our insurance policies are. I have no idea, but he's handling that part, you know? Okay. So Sarah, let's talk about the life insurance. Oh my gosh, I did. I'm not going to get it. Okay. No, no. Okay. So like, do you and Tony have life insurance on each other right now? I literally have no idea. <laughs> okay. So let's start from the very beginning. You can purchase life insurance for your, for yourself, for others. And basically when that person passes away, if you get like a term policy, so it's good for 20 years. And if that person passes away within 20 years, you will get that lump sum, whatever amount you pick when you sign up for the policy. Okay. Okay. So if Tony were to pass away, pretend he has an, another one, or should we use me and Joe as an example? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Okay. Let me erase everything. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Joe, okay, I get a life insurance policy saying that if Joe dies, I get $100,000. Joe gets one the same for me. If I die, he gets $100,000. But the way it's put is that the LLC actually owns that that policy. So the LLC makes those premium payments. So the LLC is paying for it. So it's a, a tax deduction, paying for each year, paying the premium on life insurance. Okay. Okay. So what happens when you own a business together? I'm 50% owner. Joe is 50% owner. But if I pass away... My will pretty much states that my husband and my kids, you know, get everything. Mm -hmm. So that would mean my husband is now 50% owner and Joe's partner. Got it. My husband has no interest in running a real estate business at all. And Joe, I I mean, you probably wouldn't care, but they don't, they don't have any interest in being partners together. Like they're both the same person that nobody would be doing the bookkeeping. Nobody (laughs) would know like We both have the same strengths and weaknesses that wouldn't collide well as a partnership. So we wouldn't wouldn't work that route. So if I were to pass away, the, he gets a hundred thousand dollars and he uses that to give to my husband and Joe takes my ownership. Got so basically it. he's it clicked, it clicked. selling <laughs> my percentage to Joe. Okay. So yeah. Term life insurance is very, very inexpensive. Cheap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. And we have that page? Well, on each other, not on Omid. Oh, yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like properties in an LLC and just in their personal name, do they get uh, an umbrella policy? Yeah, so that's actually that. something you could do with your partner, too, if you do put it in both your personal names. And my husband and I have done this for properties that are in my personal name, is get an umbrella policy, which provides you that extra liability protection. Yeah. We don't have an umbrella policy yet either, but we are working on that. <laughs> we need to do um, a like show insurance. on insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like embarrassed to say that I'm licensed because I only like wrote a policy in two years, but I, I keep it my license up to date to you know get all those commissions yeah. going. <laughs> but I really only wrote policies for six months. I did my own and then other investors i did his policies but like now that they're all written with that company i just collect the renewal so thanks for my yeah. commission check over your show <laughs> this show is sponsored by airbnb did you know that a long time ago before i ever started my real estate business i turned one of my first primary residences into an airbnb and that's the extra income that i needed from airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job and now i have dozens of airbnbs all over the country i've even partnered up with the old david green on a recent property in scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level and of course we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. 
it might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. But you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Corporate Direct is your professional and affordable option for getting your LLC done right. They handle the state filings, draft your operating agreement, and act as your registered agent. They'll even help you comply with the Corporate Transparency Act, a new federal disclosure law affecting every real estate investor. Corporate Direct is a family business founded by attorney, author, and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton over 35 years ago. Now, his son Ted is a licensed attorney working with him. Together, they've helped thousands of real estate investors form and maintain their LLCs and protect their assets. If you're trying to build a real estate portfolio, do not skip the LLC. Head over to corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Rookie and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. When Bigger Pockets started podcasting, no one thought we needed a store, but then books, so many books, best-selling books, rookie books, partnership books. We needed the best real estate bookstore ever, so we chose Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch stage to the first order stage to the, did we just sell out the whole store stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling real estate books or retro clothing, Shopify's platform helps you sell everywhere, online or in person. Now, speaking of online, did you know Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better than other leading commerce platforms? And no matter how big you grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business. And that's why we chose Shopify for the Bigger Pockets bookstore. So sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash bprookie, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash bprookie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash bprookie. Okay, so are there any things you guys want to talk about, like the structuring of your partnership? Is there anything that you guys think you do that's unique or or different or just a really great piece of advice, a, a tip you can give? I think the biggest piece of advice is to trust your partners, is to allow them to really play to their strengths. If you partner with someone because they're better than something or better at something than you are, then allow them to do the thing that they're better than you at. Don't get in the way of them. Yeah. Um, like, you know, she's really great at dealing with the guests. And the majority of the time, I kind of stay out of the way. You know, it's very mm-hmm. rare that I jump in and tell her, right. no, we should say this or no, we shouldn't say that. Great advice, Tony Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to add, wife? Um, no. What was the question again, Ashley? <laughs> what advice or tips? Actually, specifically, I ask you about, like, structuring the partnership. Okay, so... Tony and Omid already had, you know, their partnership together yeah. and you were brought in. What was that like? Like, did you guys negotiate what your responsibilities are or what your percentage in the company is? Or how did that, that work? Or you were just told and would you do it differently, like going forward? Good question. We never talked about the percentage. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was never brought up. What is it? Well, your percentage is my percentage. But I'm a whole different person. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you started, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's how we have the structure, right? So, like, Omid and I are 50-50, and, like, our 50 is me and you together. We're one, yeah. yeah. 
but no, I'm a, I'm on board with that. Omid brings so much value to our partnership, so wouldn't change that. Uh, but no, I think they did a great job of just kind of seeing in me, you know, what I could bring to the team. And they, they both know me as my husband and cousin. So I think they scouted the perfect person to add to their team. And, and Joe, what about you? Like, I feel like me and Tony are kind of in the same boat, maybe even Sarah. Cause I've always just like said, like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> I go with your flow for yeah. the most part and it's worked out. Yeah. There. Same. <laughs> yeah. I think that, and that's like, I think you really have to look at your partner's personality too. Like I'm very confident in what I know about very little things, but like when I, we are analyzing a deal or, you know, specifically putting together seller financing, like even this morning we put together two offers that were seller financing and we, it was basically like me saying, let's do this. And, you know, he would say, well, what if we change that? But I mean, okay, good to go. Like there's no hesitation, I guess. Like you're really, trust each other. Um, but what, what tips can you guys give on structuring a partnership and negotiation? So like, what are some of the things, like if Sarah wasn't your wife, like what are some things you could have like negotiated the terms and Tony, maybe you want to take the lead on this. I think, you know, I've only really had one other partner. So, and it was such a natural kind of fluid conversation that I think if you're entering into a partnership with someone where there's like a lot of nitpicking over what the rules and responsibilities are and, and, you know, what the percentages are, then maybe it's not the right partner for you. Those are like red flags. Right. Like for us, it's almost the opposite. Like where Sarah, I, and our third partner, Omid, we're all so giving that we, you know, we want to make it like as fair and as like as easy as possible. We're like, no, no, it's okay. We'll do, no, 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 it's okay. We'll do that. (laughs) And that's what makes our our partnership really thrive. So I I think if you're ever entering into a partnership where you feel like everything has to be by the book, it's always good to have that documentation there. But if you have to literally run your partnership by that agreement, then maybe it's not the right partner for you. And one thing is to test the waters, like just do one deal together and and see how that goes. You don't have to automatically like, okay, we're buying rental properties. Let's buy a 10 unit and let's open a property management company and let's open up the hard money company. Like let's do all these things at once, like test the waters. Like we did one property and then it was probably maybe six months later, we bought the next property and slowly scaled from there. Yeah. Things will probably tend to crumble underneath you if you don't do your due diligence or, you know, have patience with a partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was similar for us. We bought our first deal uh, with Omid as a partner. And then I think it wasn't until we had like our fourth property together that we set up our LLC. Yeah. And for my partners and just like Joe, your partners with your dad, but like they're him, Joe, and then my other partner I've known since I was two, and then my brother and my sister. So I've only done it with people that I've known. And we only knew each other, maybe like really knew each other for a year before we partnered on the first deal, but we just kind of like clicked and we that whole alignment thing. Yeah. A year or so beforehand. And the fact that, you know, we trusted each other and we're so open about you know, our finances with each other and what our other properties were going on. Like it drags me. So we each have properties on our own. And then like, sometimes like I'll see something where he has something going on in this property and I'll be like, Oh my God, just let me handle it Raise for you. Rent, and it like drives me crazy. Yeah. This is one time I spent like a day, like writing all of these like rent increase letters and like put, putting together new lease agreements for, I think it was your fourplex that you own. Yeah. And so I mean, all night, like literally all he had to do was hand it to the tenants. Like everything was done and compared rental rates in the area to show that they were still getting a good market rent. And well, they sat on his desk. <laughs> I was like, you just got to go with the flow. Like, okay, he doesn't want to increase his rents right now. And so like, if that was our property, like I would have been the one to deliver the lease to them and everything like that. But it is nice too, to have uh how do we put that? A, a good, good guy, bad guy type scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Where I could blame things on Ashley or she can blame them on me mm-hmm. or, you know, having any kind of third party, like your cousin Omita. Oh Yeah our uh whatever yeah he's not gonna approve yeah they can't get directly so it's it's a nice buffer to have yeah so before we had a property management company it was like joe was never an owner he was always just the maintenance guy and like (laughs) he would find out so much information but like people would call me screaming as the property manager and he would go there and they'd be like oh sweetie here's some milk and cookies while you're fixing (laughs) it (laughs) 
yeah, that's a, a really good point, Joe, too. It's like you can play the, you know, so have someone be that distant person, yeah, like, oh, they yeah. said no. And then I, I guess one last thing I want to ask you guys what about like the actual decision making process? Like, what happens if, you know, Ashley, you want to go one way, Joe, you want to go another way? How do you guys manage those situations? I think really she manages those situations. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like. Well, I think that like there really hasn't been that many times where we haven't like agreed on something. Even for like the design of the house and like the t- colors and tiling, like we're pretty easy yeah, agreeing. Very easy going. Um, yeah, and then he. I guess really the only thing that like did cause a ruffle in our partnership was when you bought properties without me. And like, to be fair, like it was with his wife and they bought like a business. And Where our then, office for a different business was currently being ran. Out. Yeah. So yeah. It, it made sense in that. Yeah. Respect. But that's like the really the only that. thing. Like that. Yeah. And I think for us, like, we don't really have that issue either, but it's mostly because we trust each other to make those decisions. Right. Like yeah. I mentioned earlier about staying in your lane. Like I don't really tell her how to design the properties. Yeah. Right. But she doesn't tell me how to go out and find the properties or underwrite yeah. them. Right. So I think having those duties and responsibilities helps relieve some of that potential friction. And like being able to forgive too. Mm-hmm. Like Joe, there's been plenty of times either one of us forgot to do something or messed something up. Like we were just joking with you guys last night how when I would learn to do vinyl plank flooring, my cutting was always <laughs> up. And so Very frustrating, <laughs> but I mean, we got through it. So that's okay. Yeah. So. Wait, I have a question for you guys as a rookie myself. We all know each other. I mean, I'm Tony's wife. You guys knew each other from like family, friends. But for the listeners who don't have a relationship with someone who has a like-minded goal and interest, where can people meet potential partners? This is a good platform to start with, you know, bigger pockets, people in your area. And if you find like-minded people, say, hey, you want to meet up, you know, go to lunch, talk about it. And and like you will there. be surprised too, like the people that you do know who actually would be interested in it. Like Joe, not, like probably until a year ago, nobody even knew he had rental properties. Like you didn't even like talk about it really it's, to anybody. I've so like always, I, unless you you saw me as a property manager, so you knew that I was interested, but I've always liked to fly under the radar. I never liked people knowing what I owned or you know to, yeah. to look at me differently in any aspect of money or whatever it might be. But as time went on, I'm actually say, well the more people you tell, the better off you are. So if yeah. my best friend say I never told him I had rentals and he knew someone who was selling yeah. a tenplex mm-hmm. and I would be interested in something right. like that, but they never there was no connection ever made to where he would have said, Hey Joe, you're interested in real estate. I have this friend selling this property. You guys should meet up and Yeah, and just like tell everybody that you're interested in. Brandon Turner actually gave me some great advice because I don't like confrontation and he doesn't like confrontations. Like if you're at a, a family gathering or you're anywhere, just like go up to someone and be like, Hey, you know, I'm really getting interested in real estate investing. I was wondering if you knew anyone who was interested in being a partner in a deal. So you're not putting the pressure on them at all. You're just asking if they know anyone, but you know, I think that's an interesting way to phrase it because you're not directly asking them, but you're also letting them know you want a partner for right. real estate. And I, I think your point actually about being vocal about what you're doing is so key. Um, like even for, and you, you'll never know who in your circle is already thinking about real estate investing. Like for her cousin, this is her cousin, her blood cousin. She knew him, grew up with him, but she didn't know that he was invested in yeah. like interested in investing in real estate. I told her. Yeah. yeah I was you, like, you guys are partners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I found out because it's funny enough. I was on Instagram David green had posted something. I was on his profile and I saw that her cousin also followed him and I sent him a message like, Oh, you know, whatever. And, and that small kind of interaction yeah. lets us now being partners on all these short-term rentals together so yeah find someone you know talk it up i think some people like for rookies you're shy to post about it because you don't have any experience you don't really have the capital so from what i hear from what you guys are saying is you encourage people that even if you don't have a single property in your portfolio don't be shy to post it on linkedin or tell your friends and family that's that's how you can get started right Yeah, post a a, like a story of the book that you're reading right if you just finish a bigger pockets book say hey i just read this book here's what i learned i loved it or hey you know i'm going 
going out and I'm looking at this property or, Hey, I'm, I just signed up for this conference. Like just talk about the real estate yeah. things you're doing and people will eventually start reaching out to you. Or I know meetups, you were big on meetups. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever those start happening again, you know, like make sure that you're there. Even virtual meetups that's going on right now, yeah. you know, so. Absolutely. So to kind of, to wrap it up, let's each go around and we'll give like one piece of advice to rookie investors for forming a partnership. And Sarah, we will start with you. Ladies first. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess my question was so good. I'm going to use the advice you gave. I, you know, I really encourage the listeners to don't be shy. I think, you know, when you start on a new venture that you're not too confident about, you're, you're really shy to post about it or talk about it. So listen to these celebs in the house, Ashley and Tony, take their advice and, and don't be afraid to talk about it because you never know who your partner can be. I think my advice would be, because again, we get this question a lot is, you know, I want to partner with my spouse, how do I get my spouse on board? My advice is find a way to give them a role in your business that they would enjoy. Um, Whether that's maybe they really like doing the books, maybe they like analyzing the properties, maybe you're a flipper and they want to do the staging, but there's so many different ways you can get them involved, but it's up to you as the person to find out what that role should be. And I just want to add to that because I talked to a rookie investor recently who's struggling with, he really wanted his wife to be a part of it, but also don't force them. Like be okay too if they have no interest in it. Like my husband didn't, you know, come to a property, I don't think until like the most, like last year or whatever. And uh, Joe's wife was involved, but really isn't that involved anymore. So be okay with that too. If they don't want to be a part of it, don't try and enforce it. So, Joe, what would be your piece of advice? Um, I would probably bounce off Sarah a little bit. I just don't be afraid. If if you have a good work ethic and you just you have to take a leap and say, you know, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's going to be some hurdles along the way. But if you work hard enough at it and you believe in it enough, you'll succeed. And I think uh, for me, for my piece of advice would be that communication is key, that communicating with your partner about what systems you want to place and even boundaries. Like I text Joe like all the time at 10 o'clock at night and he texts me all the time at 3 a.m. <laughs> and it's like, well, like he knows I'm probably not going to respond. And I know that like after eight o'clock, he doesn't respond, but you know, that I'll still, we'll still, still send messages or whatever, but like we have those boundaries in place. Like he's with his family and I'm getting my kids, well, not at 3am, but like in the morning I'm getting my kids ready for school and usually don't connect with him until after that. But also in the decision-making, like communicate about it and don't just, if you know for sure your partner might not be okay with something, don't go ahead and make the decision. Like spend that little bit of time talking about it and just letting them know that they're a part of that decision can, I think, resolve a lot of issues down the road. Awesome. Well, I love this discussion. Wifey, thank you for coming Sounds on. Good. Joe, thanks for coming on. It's like you guys provided a ton of value. Thanks. We're the real stars, right, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe and Sarah, where can people find out more information about you? Oh, my God. What do I say? My Instagram or what? Yeah, Instagram's a good place. <laughs> okay. Um, my personal Instagram is at Sarah Rad. That's S-A-R-A-A-R-A-A-D. And on our YouTube channel, The Real Estate Robinsons. We <laughs> launched. And uh, Joe doesn't have well, any social yeah, media. I'm happy to say that I do not have any social media. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to be a true stalker to try to find me. Yeah, you can, you can find Joe on the uh, the yellow pages. Uh, <laughs> if, you're in the Western New- <laughs> if you're in the Western New York area, you'll find him in the, a tree stand for all of time. The story is so funny. Uh, when we were running deals, he's on his phone and I'm like, it look over and he's pulling up his hunting cams for the trail like oh look there was a fox there last time (laughs) but yeah thank you guys so much for um coming on we really appreciate you guys doing this and you guys we are live from the bigger pockets headquarters so we are so excited to be here we got a, a couple more fun things to do today but make sure you guys join the facebook group the real estate rookie tony how many people do we have in there we're like almost twenty four thousand people in that group which is insane because oh, yeah. when i when i joined the podcast i think we were at like nineteen thousand. so we've grown so much yeah So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to listen to the Rookie Reply on Saturday. I am Ashley at Wealth From Rentals, and he's Tony Robinson at Tony J. Robinson. Thank you guys for listening.
The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.